Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s. From great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. everybody. This is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Tamara Blankenship. She is a communication expert. She's like a super cool mom friend. And we're going to talk today about organization and planning because even though I own a tech company, I am a computer programmer by trade. I can program all this stuff. What do I end up doing? I go back to my paper planners. (laughs) Plural, because I have more than one, and yet I still use Google Calendar, and I have Fantastical on my phone, which kind of morphs some things together. I also use Todoist, and none of these products have paid any endorsement today, but I'm talking to you today with Tamara about the realities of being a full-time working single mom with active duty children that I have to maintain. They're not 35 on their own. They're 13 turning 14 tomorrow. And I have side hustles. I have my radio business. I have my technology business. I also teach senior fitness spin at my gym. So that's like six different me's that have to be organized. Tamara, have you ever had that same experience? Oh, yes. You know, it's, it cracks me up because I'm always thinking like, where are all these moms with their super capes? You know, where are they hiding? <laughs> we are, we are just multitasking freaks. You know, we just are really good at it. But it's also, I feel like there's also like with everything we're good at, there's also that balance of compromise, right? So I think it's important to have beautiful structures like you have to help you stay on track. Otherwise, we have that little mind melt issue where we feel like we're overwhelmed and stressed out and anxiety creeps in and depression and all these really big issues that we do have as a part of our field. So yes, I am a huge, um, I use Google Docs or not Google Docs. Of course, we all use Google Docs, but I mean, Google, the Facebook calendar or whatever the calendar that they have in there. Um, gosh, I still make a list of notes of all the things that I need to do for the day before I get started. Me too. Um, I actually got a practice I've done for years where I write out a list of things that I need to do before I go to bed. And the reason I do this is a lot of the times we can kind of solve problems while we're sleeping. So it's really kind of precious real estate for me. And I don't want to like let my mind get stressed out or overwhelmed. So I kind of pre-organize my thoughts a little bit. So I'm not anxious when I wake up. 
And uh, that's been a huge thing. So I don't do any more than three items on that list. Otherwise you will be up all night <laughs> You will <laughs> going through that ticker tape, you know? <laughs> so it's a very, but, but you're absolutely right. I do feel like without these, I mean, I loved what you were sharing with me about color coding your calendar, your handwritten calendar. I do the same exact thing. Everything is color coded. It's color coded inside my you know, calendar on Google Calendar. It's the same color code system that I use on my paper calendar. <laughs> it's so important. Otherwise you get that sense of anxiety or the sense of urgency, like something you're forgetting. Like where are the kids? You know, are they right. still left to soccer practice? <laughs> well, and you know, we talk about color coding, like my kids are color coded. Like Max <laughs> is navy blue Zachary is green. And this has been going on from the time we wrote our calendar, you know, on the refrigerator, you know, awesome. when preschool is, when this pickup, you know, and my, my personal life is orange. My business life is pink. My father is, is a really dark, almost blue black, but it's still blue, uh -huh. you know? And so I can look at things and immediately go like, what time do I have to pick up Zach from school? I don't have to look through and read through everything. I can go right to green, you know? And it's amazing how you can train yourself like a dog for a treat going, you know, and yes, it does require for me to carry five pens around, but seriously, I just buy the color pack, stick them in there. Yes. And that goes with me. And, you know, we are so easily trained. And if we train ourselves, like one of the things, Tamara, that I'm going to share with you that I do, and I learned this from Stephen Covey many years ago, I had the joy and dread of going to a one week long Stephen Covey planning <laughs> thing for Franklin Covey in Salt Lake City, Utah, a nice. whole week like learning everything about planning, learning everything about logging. And I did use the Franklin Covey system, great system for years. Yeah. I have now changed a little bit because I need more fluidity. And, yeah. you know, and I have so much more in my plate and not just managing my business, but the principles I learned there. And the biggest one, Tamara, was if you want to be satisfied in your life, you have to identify these. And, and I was taught on a Sunday night, to sit down, you know, anytime between 4 and 7 p.m. and go, what is really important for me this week? What will make me feel fulfilled? What will, and usually it's my kids and my fitness. So I will sit down and put my kid time in there like an appointment, like anything else. Because if I blow that, Tamara, I feel like the worst mom. And when you feel like a crappy mom, nothing else is going to go right. Yes. Yeah. You can feel crappy in your work and still be a good mom. But I don't think moms are wired to feel crappy about themselves as a mom. So I will make a point to go to the classroom and volunteer. I'll make a point to make sure yeah. I get at least one sporting event for each kid each week. And Absolutely. that's for me. That's not even for the family dynamic. That's like for my mental health. Fulfillment. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's so funny you bring that up because actually I was taught a while ago. I'm trying to remember who actually taught me this. As we were going through this conversation, I'm starting to, um, there was this really cool concept that they had used about color coding priorities. And I love that you went there because this is a very similar concept I was going to share with you. Um, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure it could even be from that same training for all I know. So if I am overstepping, <laughs> no, no, because this is all over there and collaborating. 
<laughs> right? So um, what I loved, and I can't even remember the colors that they taught, but these are the ones I share with my clients because it resonates with me to use color based on what we acknowledge it to be. So first of all, it starts off with red being a priority, like urgent. top yep. priority, urgent things that we need. It could be taxes. It could be making sure we make it to those doctor's appointments, whatever has to be done. So I don't allow more than three things in each category. And there's a reason because if we do too much in one category, we will actually get out of balance. That's right. So the, that's a very big priority of it. So you put only three things in the red category. So it could be taxes. It could be, it's the urgent things that must get done. Could be paying bills, whatever. The next category is green. It's all about the money, right? So money making things that'll stimulate cash revenue for you. So three things you must do before the day is up to get that stimulus that maybe it's an email to send out or maybe it's brainstorming on you know a new vision or a new creation you're trying to create or maybe it's going to the store to get the supplies to be able to do the creation you want to do so whatever that is and those are money hours like i'm just going to jump in and go we do not have 24 hours in the day to make money yes. most of us have money hours whatever those are identified for you Exactly. So red is priorities, must get dones. Green is the money hours. Exactly. Things that bring you income. The next one is blue for self-care. It's the one that we most often shelf and I put it in third position. It really should be in first position, but third position only because we don't seem to be able to dive into our self-care without having those other priorities out of our head. Right. So I do consider that to be kind of the next in line. And it must be something that fulfills you. It has to be fulfillment. It could be spending time with your kids. It could be meditation. It could be soaking in a bathtub. It could, it could be, be getting your nails done. Like that. It could be getting your nails it. done. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes your doctor appointment happens to be self-care related. So they kind of can sometimes bridge over. So there's, yep. you know, a lot of things kind of, you know, connect. Then the last one, and this is the one that gets us all, we get those busy, busy minds, right? So this is black, meaning the abyss, like where you kill your motivation, where it sucks to drive your ambition. And it's those mindless things that we really probably could say we don't need to do, but we do because it makes us feel busy. Or we do them because we feel like they're urgent. We don't realize they're not. So there, there are things like, you know, um, a lot of the times my emails, when I'm building email funnels, if I tell my VA what I want, they can organize it for me. So that's a blacklist that needs to be done by someone else, not necessarily me, but it right, needs to be delegation. Exactly. It's your delegation list or your not a priority list. I mean, it's just not a priority. It's something you'd like to do or something you'd like to achieve, but it's not a priority. So it's kind of either delegated off or it's put on a schedule for a weekend or something that you have more time for. Well, and All I have about like this logic. little formula for what uh -huh. to delegate. And it's, it. it's like what you're not good at, what Love you it. hate, <laughs> and then what you can pay someone to do that it's so much less than what you could earn in an hour. So like, let's say your rate is 300 an hour. That's my rate. So if I'm going to go out and clean my pool, I'm going to do it because I need a mental health break. Yes. Not because be I don't want to pay the $50 to have somebody service my whole pool. So, right. you know, there's like a fluidity here with these things, but if you're not good at it, you're paying top dollar for crappy results. It's why I don't tile my own bathroom. Can I? Right. Yes. 
Would it be done great? No. Do I want to do it? No. Am I good at it? No. So that's something to leverage. But when you look at your company or your day going, do I really need to pick all this stuff up? Like I have a mom helper friend and we do this thing where if she's at Sam's club where there's long lines, she'll text me, go, Hey, anything I need? I'm at Sam's club. She generally goes Monday or Tuesday. I go Wednesday, Thursday. We both live 25 minutes away from Sam's club with PayPal. Why can't we just share or the Venmo for that, for or that Venmo, matter, right, any of those, <laughs> you're going to get charged for Venmo. <laughs> right. So all yeah. these things, you know, that yes. you can do, you leverage because we all only have the same 24 hours. Absolutely. And you know what, truthfully, are we being productive when we think we have to do everything? No, no. of course not. Right. And a lot of the times I feel like we get distracted into this feeling like we need to do things as busy work to avoid the work that we really need to do, that darn stinking red list, you know, (laughs) and, or even the green list, you know, sometimes our money-making things get put to the bottom of the list. And it's like, really, if you got that done in the first 30 minutes of your day, you're going to feel so uber successful just by getting those things done first thing in the morning. Well, and then money changes the game. Like money doesn't drop from the magic money fairy. So if you don't do your, what I call my money hours, like I'll say to the kids, like, don't bother me. It's money hours. And money hours are where all I do is focus on getting new clients, getting sponsors for my radio show, you know, getting whatever it is I can do that day. And then when it's done, Tamara, I close the book because I know if I do more than two or three money hours in a day, I'm shot because I give a hundred percent to that. All my focus, everything else stops and money hours. And then realistically, I probably spend three or four hours a day, max money hours, five days a week. So in my mindset, I have 20 hours a week to make at least a hundred K. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's a great way of looking at it. You know, just how are you prioritizing your value? You know, are you making yourself a priority? in that sense, because you're, you're getting lost in the distractions. You're just, I have this statement. I say a lot to my clients, everything is a distraction except for what you're focusing on. So everything is designed to derail you from what you want in your life. If you let it. Right. So, you know, that, that even goes with our kids. I hate to say it. The kids can do more on their own than you give them credit. They're really very, very much capable. And a lot of their problems are their opportunities. And if you're getting in the way, distracting their opportunity, they're codependent on you now. And right. then you've taught them to be codependent. And then their anxiety goes through the roof because they don't know how to anticipate change or challenges. And before you know it, you're paying for psychology help because right. or, your children are build yeah. confidence. Yeah. Build you confidence. Know, I see a lot of parents who are really good micromanagers, micromanaging their kids. So the kids are to be yeah. snowflakes that, you know, wilt at the first sight of sun or they have no confidence and no decision-making ability. Why is yeah. that? Well, and I, and I agree with you. A lot of it is because we are, so a lot of us grew up, I don't know if this is the same with you, but we did grow up from a childhood pattern of latch, latchkey kids, you know, those kids key around your neck, you know, <laughs> go home to an empty house. And a lot of us parents then became, well, I'm not going to be that parent. I'm going to be present to my kids. Well, we almost did the exact opposite. We hovered. We, we have literally become the helicopter parent, you know, trying to uh, put our children in these little bubbles so they don't, you know, have anything bad happen. Well, where do we learn the most about life when our, 
when our challenges hit, when we are confronted with bad choices or choices that don't necessarily get us down a path we want to grow and learn more about life. When we protect them from that, we make them adults that are not able to handle some simple basic skills. And it's really heartbreaking. So right, a lot of my, let's, yeah, let's we really do. Right we cripple them mm-hmm. to have future success without our help. And I think there's some parents that like that, you know, always makes them feel important. And, you know, I dated an another Navy distraction SEAL. though, right? Yep. Yeah. I dated a Navy SEAL once who was doing everything for his 25 and 27 year old kids. And I'm like, oh my God, like you save people. But when he didn't have that save people job anymore, you know, cause he aged out. He was doing this to his kids. And I finally said, look, you're bailing out your 25 and 27 year old kid. You're robbing them of being men. You're robbing them of their confidence and you're robbing them of the joy of accomplishment. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we block them from success. We truly don't even realize. I mean, a lot of parents, I, the parents I work with, they don't realize that they're really the reason their child's acting like a a spoiled brat. Isn't really the child's fault. Right. (laughs) And when I have to tell them that they're like, what? (laughs) that accountability part bites when you take that accountability on. But the truth is it's, we, we block them from being independent because we're so fearful that we won't be needed or valued or appreciated. Or actually, what's that? Or embarrassed. Or embarrassed if they make a mistake. Absolutely. Like, how could they do that? I have, I have three children, as we've talked about before. Um, I have one who's in the Air Force, one who's actually signing up for either the Marines or the Army. He hasn't decided yet. And then my daughter, who's already got her own business doing, um, she does animation for some big companies. And she's only 16 years old. If I had blocked any of my kids from being able to find their way, they would be codependent on me. And that would add more pressure and anxiety for me to be this I mean, it stretches you too thin. It does not give you the possibility of life and deep connection. So you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting them, but you're also creating more pressure in an over, overload of intensity. And going back to our beginning topic here, the whole idea of needing organizing calendars and schedules, teaching your children to prioritize their wants and needs make them extremely powerful communicators because they're not wasting their time anymore. Right. <laughs> they have the internet at their fingertips, those kids are super powerful. And so we just have to let them trust and communicate with them better so they can not be dependent on us, but use us for insight or experience and wisdom like we're supposed to be used for, not not the other way around. Right. Well, and then when I do my Sunday planning thing, you know, I sit down and I go, my 17 year old six foot five, so he can do some big work around, you know, he can do yard work, he can do heavy stuff. (laughs) So, and my other one, he's only 87 pounds and, you know, so, but you know, the whole point is you look at these two things and then you look at yourself and you look at the system, which is your home and your work and you go, okay, let's divide things up. You know, what can the little one do? He can take out the garbage. He can collect the garbage. He can vacuum, you know, so he gets dishes. He can do the laundry. He can, there's so many things those kids can do. And if he does an hour a day toward the household, right. Then you take my 16-year-old with his size 16 feet and you give him, (laughs) you know, this needs to be done. And I usually give it to my kids. I say, this needs to be done by Saturday morning. I don't care if you do it all in one day. I don't care if you do it an hour a day. A little bit at a time. 
Yeah. But these have to get done in addition to your homework, in addition to your sports, whatever, you know, it is possible. Community service. It's community effort. We need to teach children to be about community. Absolutely. And your family is a community. Your family is is a team. And as a single mom, I got this and got this message quick because, you know, you're like, hello, how am I going to get through all this stuff? Um, but I will look through on my Sunday night planning. I'll walk around the house, see what needs to get done. I'll make my notes, you know, I'll look at the state of affairs, if you will. Then I go through each of my clients. I think about what do they need for the week? What do they need from me? Then I'll go through and start making the delegation list because my 16-year-old's really good on the computer. He can earn some extra money. My 13-year-old has done editing for clients' video because he took video production and iMovie on the Mac. Like, it's amazing when you start delegating. Give them tools. Yeah. And, and it's not about, you don't want to do this. It's about how do I grow these kids into productive adults through my planner, through my scheduling. And so that I'm not screaming at them so tired by seven o'clock at night, which has happened. (laughs) You know, I'm not perfect, but you all know that overwhelm and you go in and there's like a pile of dirty dishes and not one person in the household thought to put them in the dishwasher. And that's the hardest thing to teach children is initiative. You know, that's a, that's a hard topic. A lot of people struggle with. Yeah. And so, but you can start simply with, okay, you're responsible for the dishes this week. If they're piling up, put them in the dishwasher, like boom, done, you know, and, and they're going to bitch and complain and, you know, oh my God, you know, this is the worst thing, you know, like, you know, since apartheid, I'm just, I have to put the dishes in the (laughs) dishwasher, but but you're just, whatever. Could you imagine they were born when there was no dishwashers, how they would just Oh my God. (laughs) You know, but, but you, you can't run yourself ragged as the mom. And that's when you, that's why I really think it's so important for everybody to look at a week at a glance calendar, because when you look at your week, all laid out Monday to Friday, and you have these little time blocks, that's your currency. That's your money. Like whatever it is, what is this like 136 hours in the week? How many hours are in the week? I don't remember, but whatever it is. Something like that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. something like that. Tamara, if I gave you $136, let's just use it for sake of argument. Okay. I give you $136 and I say, feed three kids for the week. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know how much you have and you know what you need to do. So accurate. So now you look at time because time is a currency and people don't recognize. So if I have 136 hours in my week and I need to sleep eight, I need to whatever, and I need to put money hours in there, like all of a sudden those dollars are, are ticking and that's what our clock is doing. So mm-hmm. when we liken hours to money, that's why I love yes. the term money hours. Mm-hmm. This is what you get 24 hours. You get $24 baby, make it count. You yeah, can do that exactly. because you're used to handling money, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, you yeah. teach yourself and your kids24 hours in a day, how are you going to spend it? You know what the crazy thing is? Money's not going to matter soon. It's going to be all about time. Because of the way our society is working right now, we are literally close to reinventing the way we use money. I mean, there's just no, did you notice lately? There's no no coin available anymore. I mean, it's becoming a really big transition. We're about to hit a huge one. And I don't think anybody's prepared for it, by the way. I think we're all kind of like, stuck in the whole 
you know, to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, COVID issues, which right. I get. Right. Like the dumbest thing in the world. Like it's like, seriously, it. just put the Japan? damn mask on and get going. You know, like, like you know, I worked in Japan, I worked in Japan and when somebody had a cold, they put on a mask just out of courtesy. It's a you great know? thing. And I, I think it's just, it, it, for me, I wear a mask. It's not necessarily for anything other than the fact that I know it gives peace of mind to others. Like why not be so kind to others as we're navigating this uncertainty? I mean, I think people are definitely finally kind of embracing it, you know, which is great. And I do think we're closer to getting towards a solution to this COVID sure. issue. But even in, um, you know, I just think of this whole, like I told, told you many times, I just look at this whole 2020 as a rebirth period. Yes. Re, you know, rebehaving oh, the way we treat our health. The way we, and I have this really cool video I want to share with you later about how cells age. It's so fascinating. So cool. But anyway, I'll share that with you later offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love but, it. Um, sorry, guys. I got a little yeah. distracted. So but, it's um, 168 hours. I just want to correct myself. It's 168. Did you look at, you're so good. I looked look it up. Look at for efficiency. Like, look at, <laughs> yes, I can't, I can't be, you know, perpetuating wrong things. Um, but, you know, the funny thing about this, Tamara, is like we could have argued about whether it was 138 or 168, you know, whatever it is. And when you sit down and plan and you look at what you have to do and you look at what's going on in the world, it gives you a view, a world view of your week, you know, and when you look at yeah. your eight, 10, 12 hour day, whatever that might be. And if you really want to have some fun, take an Excel spreadsheet, put one to 24 on the side, put seven columns, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Very Sunday, idea. print it out, carry it with you for a week and see where your time goes. You know, see where, you know, most people underestimate the time it gets to work. They overestimate, you know, the time it takes to do chores. You know, to clean a room can take 15 minutes, not an hour. To get ready can take an hour, not 15 minutes. So our, our concept of time is all wonky. And that's what COVID is teaching us. They're teaching us, you know, that the, the time is fluid. Time is an illusion. Time is whatever you want to make it be. And if you don't believe me, think about a math test. When you have 15 minutes left in that math test, does that time go super fast? You bet it does. And, you know, we can all get into Einstein's, you know, theory of time and all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is time is a currency. We have only a finite amount each day or each week or each month or each year. It doesn't matter how rich or poor or fat or thin or white or black you are. Time's the great equalizer. So when we look at the day at a glance or a week at a glance, what do you have to spend? Mm -hmm. And also to recognize when you really pre-plan, you're setting yourself up not only for success, but to be less stressed. Yes. When we really, um, I always think of my folks that are always in that panic or that high anxiety mode is they're, they're thinking that they have not enough time. That's the one reoccurring statement I hear all day long. There's just not enough time. I can't have time to do self-care. I don't have time. To... You actually do have more than enough time, more yes. than enough. In, in matter of fact, self-care probably should be more like 25% of your day easily, easily than it is what we do. So it's, it's really not, you know, even as a mother with many children, I have a girlfriend who has five kids, she makes her self-care priority so she can be a better mom. It's important. It is important. She has all her kids do the self-care at the same time. It's really important, you know? So recognizing those things, especially during COVID when we're all on top of each other because we're under, you know, house arrest more or less, you know, 
you don't have as many places to go out and explore. It's important to make self-care like a ritual, a, you know, a ceremony and do those things. But it does, it lowers your stress if you can be more organized. Planners a great thing to do for self-care, right? Where we actually work on developing those planners, you know, getting creative. Well, and putting all those things down, like one of the things that I learned about, because I was, a, I don't have the time mentality. And when I learned that our thoughts create, our thoughts create our reality, I changed oh, yeah. my languaging. And so I vowed to myself and I, I did this post-it test and I encourage everybody to do my post-it test, grab a post-it. And every time you have or think, I don't have enough time, I can't do this, like any concept about time, put a little check mark, just check. And I realized that I spent more time thinking about how much Not time having I time. have when I could just get all this stuff done. So now what I say is I have more than enough time to get done what I need to do. And that was a reprogramming, a re, you know, educating my brain to go, I have enough time, but the caveat is to get the things done I need to do. And that's where, when you make this list, my lists are insane, Tamara, they can go 45, 50 lines long, everything that needs to be done in my house, everything that the kids need to be, whatever, everything my dad needs with his doctor's appointments, everything like blah, 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 blah. And of course I'm somewhere way on the bottom or not on the list at all. Yeah. But when you do that brain dump, then you can go and go this, and this is where I use my highlighters. This can be next week. This doesn't need to be done at all. This I can hire somebody to do. I can pay somebody for that. You know, when you look at these things and you look at a whole of all of your responsibility, the first thing I do after I make my list is go, what can go? What shouldn't be on this list? What is not important? I'm kind of a neat freak with my kitchen. I would love my kitchen cleaned every day. Is that reasonable with two kids, three dogs, and an 86-year-old man? Not on your life. <laughs> so why would I get up every morning and clean my kitchen and take 30 minutes out of my day that could be done? Like that was a brain reset. When you look at your list, you have to go, is this really, does this really matter? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a priority? Yeah. You know, also to even speak to that, um, I even hear a lot of people like, I have a lot of things in my mind. I just can't hear them. Like they're, they're just, they're all blurred together. Yep. And I do think this is a big issue. Um, my suggestion, if that's something you're struggling with, if that's part of your reality, um, the, the, my favorite practice is morning pages. You can look it up. There's so many videos on it in, in uh, YouTube, but morning pages is just basically taking out the trash. It's a brain dump. You're just first thing in the morning, three pages, no more, no less, just unloading the nonstop banter in your mind so that you can make those lists more clearly. And so you can let go of some of the things that you failed on or didn't make happen or all the punishing banter in your head so you can get really clear on what serves you. Because sometimes it's really just hard to sit down and even make the list. Just the idea well, of sitting down can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. And I'm a big fan of Julia Cameron. She's the one that, you know, coined She's the letter, yeah. pages. And I did her morning pages for creativity. And I, I actually buy her, Amazon has her morning pages journal. It's like a big fat, like professionally bound, like nice thing. Because I was scribbling my morning pages on pieces of paper and it felt random. And mm -hmm. as silly as it sounds, when I bought Julia Cameron's, you know, big eight by 10, you know, 
bound book and it had little quotes, like little prompts, things like that. Mm-hmm. I can write in that. And I found, I don't do it every day, Tamara. Not every day is conducive for that. Like some days as a mom, I'm shot out of a cannon and, but I will try to do it at nighttime if I can't do it in the daytime. And what mm-hmm. happens is as you clear out all the garbage, yeah. you also start getting some really clear messages about what you should be doing or, you know, what takes away the distractions for sure. It mm-hmm. does. And, you know, the, and the prompts are very gentle to your life. Like, you know, one of the things is I used to write all the time. I wrote for a publishing house. I had books, all this stuff, and they were women's fiction, you know, love stories. But of course, you know, I got my business degree and I built a company and I worked in tech and blah, 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 blah. And one of the <laughs> things that came through strongly a year ago was that I miss that escapism. I miss that writing. I miss reading. Reading for enjoyment, reading for pleasure, not scanning the latest host's book for what to talk about. And I actually had to sit down and retrain myself in how to read for enjoyment. And then I wrote something, I got an agent, like things are moving forward. And I don't think with the busyness of life and with all the clutter in my head, that that missing would come out, that that clarity of going, one of the things I really miss in my life is the creative writing. Agreed. I, I think it's so amazing how um, when we get bogged down, it's even hard to be creative of any kind, even if it's not creative writing, creative cooking, creative art form of any kind, even creative thinking when there's problems happening in your life, how to be creative, to, how, you know, to navigate something differently. It's so important to be in tap in in tune and tap into some of these, you know, assets we have naturally, instead of like, you know, that disciplined structure, the list sounds very structured, but it's there to support you. It shouldn't be something that you are controlled by. And I think it's really important to be fluid with your list. You know, like the goal is to get the list done, but if you don't get the list done, it's not about punishing yourself, you know, and that's where it goes back into that brain dumping, you know, allowing yourself to really just you know, unload some of the guilt and some of the inner story and the judgment that block you. So it's really. Well, and when you, you know, everybody agrees when your phone is all messed up, what do you do? Restart it. When your computer freezes, what do we do? Restart it. Well, when you start getting to that level, you can feel it like your, you know, like your buffers are filled. Everything's, "Ah!" you know, what do you need to do? You need to restart it. Well, how do you reset and restart? The first thing you have to do when you restart your computer, you're literally dumping out the buffers. You're dumping out the memory. You're dumping out all this stuff, cleaning it out so it can start fresh. Right. The human being is the same computer. If you sit down and look at your list as a brain dump, just dump it all out of there. That way you can start fresh and maybe you take, go to sleep like you do. Or for me, I'll take a nap after a brain dump. Mm-hmm. And then I reset just like you hit the power button in your computer. All of a sudden, you know, your computer runs better. Your phone runs better. Well, guess what? Your mm-hmm. human brain runs better. So it's not a chore. It's not a punishment. It's a necessity. And it can be done on a napkin in a restaurant. It can be done Absolutely. on anything. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really fascinating because, um, you know, I, I, I've never bought her book, so I'm sure it sounds like it's probably pretty neat. I've, um, I actually learned about her a long time ago when I was going through divorce and it was part of my healing process to kind of let go of some of the shame that I was carrying about some of the things that I had running in the background. 
And then once I started doing it for like three weeks, I noticed this huge creativity that came out of me that I was like, wow, I wonder how long I've been holding on to those naughty thoughts, you know, like (laughs) these stuck pattern belief systems that are just no longer supporting my goals and dreams and aspirations. So it's, it's really amazing once you kind of, even just that practice, if you don't even go into planning out your day, if that just seems too intimidating to you, the simple gesture of just unloading the mind will create space for you to follow more intuitively into your schedule. Um, And I am a big believer. I love color coding. I know you love color coding and it really makes us feel like there's less instead of feeling this big pile. It's, you know, when you do the laundry, you sort your black, your darks from your whites. Yep. <laughs> That's all we're doing. You know, just, it's just organizing the thoughts. They're all going to get done eventually, but eventually. just sorting it out makes it so much easier and more manageable. And it just makes it more achievable when you're just like, okay, it's no big deal. I just got this and this to do and then we're good, you know, and it just makes things a lot more manageable. Well, in Julia Cameron's book, you know, that spawned all these morning pages that came out 25 years ago. Like the book that's out today is the 25th anniversary. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a best-selling for 25 years. There's something there. Like, you know, if you don't believe us, you know, go ahead and and just look it up on the internet and, you know, it's a self-help tool. Sure. But it's been around and who knows where she got it from. Like she could have gotten it from somebody else who it's been around for 25 years, you know, but the idea. There is no original ideas. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, (laughs) just share them. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is do it once and see how you feel, do it a week and see how you feel, but you got to give it more than once. Like, you know, you do need to get a couple of weeks under your belt to really start healing the efficacy, but look at all of the people taking every sort of drug under the moon from their doctor. What do they say? It's going to take a couple of weeks to, for you to feel the effects. Well, this is no different. Right. And I do have to say, if you're suffering from anxiety, this is one of those superpower tools that you can incorporate to help you release some of those patterns. Anxiety is serious business. You can get very paralyzed. You can be very stuck in a regiment and a routine. And it's, it's very scary. You know, um, anxiety goes spins off into social general anxiety, but you also have PTSD and you also have OCD, which are all under the same blanket term of sure. anxiety. So if you're dealing with any of those elements, there are things you can do to support you as you navigate it or try to understand the expression you're carrying to do something better for yourself. So Absolutely. can't say enough about that. Well, and it's, you know, and it's one of those things that doesn't matter if you can spell, it doesn't matter your handwriting, it doesn't matter what language, like you're not doing this. This isn't an English term paper due for ninth grade. And no, I, no perfect sentences. <laughs> So I can't even read half so, of mine. I can't either. It comes out my hands so fast and it's scribbling. My brain's thinking faster than my hands can. Yep. I do burn mine at the end of every year. It's a ceremony that I do. I the burn them year. when it starts to get hot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you'll write like, and I remember like right after my divorce, I mean, it was terrible, Tamara. It was like, F you on every page. Like it was bad. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't want anyone to see this. They were such horrible things that I wrote and I didn't want, I had two kids. Yeah. Like what yeah. if they ever saw these ugly, ugly thoughts and memories and, and whatever mm-hmm. coming up. And so I took it and then I burned it. But then I realized like you could still read the things on the ashes. So once it like died down, I stomped all over it to break it up. So like even a forensic scientist couldn't glue it back together. But then later on, like when I get sick of what's in that book, I'll dump it in the trash at Target, like some public dumpster. It has no 
doesn't have my name on it. It doesn't have anything on there. Like, you know, you can burn yours. I don't want to burn anything. I'm in Southern California. We got enough things on fire. But <laughs> the point is that it, it gets out of my life. It gets out of, and you know what, Tamara, most of these things in my book, I never want to revisit. No, I don't they're want just, to go just back. taking out the trash. You're not going to pick through your trash once you've taken it out of your house. You're not going to go through it and go, Oh, do you remember I had that cereal box Tuesday, thir- you know, the third, <laughs> you know, we don't need to regurgitate old information. This is, these actually most of these thoughts that we've even journal out usually are repetitive thoughts. They're not they new are. thoughts. So it's, you know, you really need to kind of evolve it. You start to go, oh my gosh, it used to trigger me when this happened or that happened. Now I realize it's really not that big of a deal. And so you, you do, you start to grow through it. You do. So, Mm-hmm. It's not journaling. It's definitely, I'm, it's not journaling at all. You do not, you're not journaling for clarity or understanding things. You're just literally taking out the trash. Right. And you might get some clarity in there like I did. Oh yeah. But you the do. intention is literally to clean everything out. You know, and the funny thing is, is when you start cleaning stuff out and this is something you guys, everybody, I think can expect this to happen to them. You'll be writing and you'll be like, Oh my God, I'm boring myself. Like, how is this? Like, why am I even writing this? This is so stupid. Like I've written it like 10 days in a row. Get over yourself, get over it, let it go. And that's a really great place to be because you're having this relationship with yourself and this brain dump and you you realize like, for me at least, how ridiculous some of these things are. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, really, how incredible is it? It takes you energy to write it out. So how many times have you been thinking about that thought without recognizing you're thinking about that thought. Yeah. It's intense real estate loss. You know, I mean it's really a lot of wisdom that's just being burnt up without having any intention behind it. So it's I feel like the reason that morning pages work so well is it's not just the unloading, it's the accountability. Yes. You know, you're really becoming aware of the internal chatter. You're really becoming able to track what you're putting your intention behind subconsciously subconsciously you are 10 times harder on yourself internally than you are externally. So when you're treating someone pretty bad, you know, say you're grumpy or you're upset, you're 10 times harder on the inside. So even just simply becoming aware of the anger that you may be carrying or the resentment or the bitterness, recognizing there's an opposite end of that spectrum. You're stuck in the negative. There's an opportunity to get back in the positive. So just releasing that in a place that's safer versus onto a friend or a family member is always so much yummier in the process because you're not rejected for your attitude or your expression when it's unfiltered. Well, so and it you does. don't it, lose friends. You, know, you how build deeper us, connections. Right. Mm-hmm. How many of us have had the experience where somebody goes through something awful? And, you know, I think of my one friend who had a death of a child and a four-year-old and the other one who had a heinous divorce. You know, at some point, Tamara, I love these women. I don't want to hear it anymore. I know you're grieving. I know you're angry. I know you're this. It's been seven, eight, nine years. Like, like, and I don't expect anybody to get over a death of a child. I don't expect anything to get over anything. But it's not about getting over it. It's about learning to accept what shows up. Exactly. Exactly. It's not and about getting over it. And yeah. that doesn't mean putting it on your friends and family. And that's where journaling or writing or just a piece of paper, a napkin, you, you have a place to put it. You have a place to say it. And you're being heard by the most important person in the universe, which is you. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. can be heard by a hundred people and never feel anything. But if you hear yourself, 
that's, I think, where change begins. Yeah, if you really track your internal chatter and you start to really understand why you think the way you think, you're definitely going to start rewriting some of the behaviors that don't serve you any longer. You know, those unexpressed moments where you feel like nobody sees you or hears you because you're not hearing or seeing yourself. You're not valuing yourself. And so usually we get lost in the rigmarole because of the fact, and this is where I feel like a lot of people get busy in business, you know, busy in distraction because they don't want to sit with themselves. They don't want to process any of the information. They don't want to really confront the mirror. They don't really want to know why they feel sick or why they feel upset. Well, unfortunately, if you don't tend to these things, they do wreak havoc on the body. And before you know it, you're carrying it somewhere in your body, like a cancer or a discomfort or weakness in the muscle tissue. It comes out. Right. So why not put it on a piece of paper? Why not talk to someone to get support to get out of it? Or why not find a way, maybe it's physical fitness, to get out and exercise or go for a run, to move the energy of those things. So many gifts. We are gifted so many different ways to grief or to process. So why not use them? Why, why not, not value them? And that's going to wrap it up with that's why we sit down every Sunday night or every morning before your day starts What's really important to you and what do you need to attend to today? Because if you're carrying heavy, angry, sad, painful thoughts through the day, your day is going to be so much harder and so much less productive. I want to thank you, Tamara, for being my guest today. Our hour always just flies by like, woo! Um, (laughs) How can people find out more about you? Um, you can actually join me. Um, I'm doing a work, uh, workshop, a virtual workshop really soon here at Reignite Your Passion. So you're going to actually want to go to TamaraBlankenship.com. That's T-A-M-R-A Blankenship, B as in boy, L-A-N-K-E-N-S-H-I-P.com. And you can click on any of the buttons and they'll get a hold of me and I'll set you on your path to getting that program or just getting a chance to chat. We love that because this is a woman who's been there, done that, and has come out the other side with all this great wisdom and grace. Uh, Tamara Blankenship, thank you for being my guest today. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Join us again. We've got something you won't want to miss. Motherhood Talk Radio is a production of Beck Multimedia.